It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. Uh, I'm uh, packing my bags, getting ready to fly out to Indy for the combine, and uh, oh, oh man, I wish, I wish. Oh, no, uh, I know this actually. is. A, it's a very depressing time of the year when we don't have the NFL combine. We do have pro days coming up, yeah. Landon. Uh, yeah. I saw that they start here early March, so it's not that far away. Yeah. Um, but instead of talking about the combine this week. We're going to start talking more about some potential draft picks for the Cowboys. And today we're going to focus on uh, three of the top defensive ends in the NFL draft. We don't think the Cowboys will draft one at number 10, but we, we're not quite sure. They've surprised us before. Uh, and let's go ahead and start with Aziz Olilari uh, from Georgia, a small, undersized pass rusher, but super productive. What did you see when you turned on the tape with him? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, that typical kind of, you, you've seen the type before, uh, the the undersized pass rusher type, uh, the, the guy that a lot of teams are going to, especially 4-3 teams are going to wonder, uh, does he have enough size to, to hold up as a full-time uh, edge player in their in their systems? You know, I think for a 3-4, his body size is probably pretty pretty normal for what you're looking for for mm-hmm. an outside, outside linebacker. Um, but, you know, he has that same look. Uh, he's very young. I, I, that was one thing I thought I just wanted to bring up because I know you're such an ageist. And uh, <laughs> but I think he turns 21 in June. So he's, you know, he's coming mm-hmm. into the league, only a redshirt sophomore. Uh, but but obviously you, you turn on the tape and he, and he looks experienced. Um, some of my notes, uh, nice flexibility. His hips and, and ankle flexion when he turns the corner is ideal. Uh, plays with leverage, knows how to, to – keep coiled keep his body coiled especially when engaged uh good body lean surprisingly good in the run game that's one thing i was really surprised yes you you don't you don't see that with guys that are uh, of this type the undersized pass rushing defensive ends that they're he's already coming into the league kind of a very well-developed or at least well-developed for that type uh uh, run defender and and that's that was a good thing to see and i think that really rises uh, his stock a lot because with a lot of the buzz factor with some of these guys is can they even play the run uh and he looks to have at least the skill set to kind of be an every down uh edge player at the the next level uh i said another thing surprisingly good uh, in the run game uses leverage well to maintain uh contain outside won't be blocked by tight ends good use of length um um, flexible skill set. If you wanted to use him at three four, you do see a lot of times that he does drop into coverage, and he and he doesn't look uncomfortable doing that. If you needed him to do that, uh, I, I actually think 
you know, the only the only time that his size really uh, kind of shows up in a negative way is when he loses momentum. Uh, his, he kind of gets flat footed with 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 an offensive lineman. You know, then he's usually out outweighed by seventy pounds, so he's going to get pushed around. I put where he where does he win? Uh, surprisingly polished pass rush with big upside uh, and unanswered questions. Can he be the uh, pass rushing terror he appears to be without uh, being a liability versus NFL offensive line run blocking? Uh, you know, that's the, that's the, that's a concern with all these guys is, uh, you know, what are we doing when he comes in? Is he going to be a full-time pass rusher for us while he's developing the rest of his game? Or can he actually give you snaps early, early in downs and, 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 and be productive in the run game as well? I really feel like he's the player that a lot of people wanted Caleb on chase on to be last year, right? This yeah. undersized athletic defensive end. Uh, chase on was really good against the run. Uh, Ojolari can do the same thing. So I just think he's a more well-rounded pass rusher and he's more ready to go right from day one. I think they're both really, really explosive athletes. Uh, and I'm a fan. I think, I think he's certainly worthy of a top 20 pick in this class, but Landon, is he worth at least mentioning or putting in the conversation for the Cowboys at number 10? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think so I, too. I, I, I think that he's he's got the skill set and he's so young. I mean, that's the thing about him is that, you know, he, he was a highly recruited uh, high school recruit, if I remember, coming out of, uh, I think it was out of Marietta, Georgia. Uh, which mm-hmm. is you know big time, which is a lot of big time recruits come out of there, and 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 you know he's a he's a pass rusher you know from high school, and and I think he came in, uh, uh, I think he hurt his ankle if I remember correctly uh, his freshman year, and then uh, stepped right back in his his second year in college football and in the SEC no doubt no less, and 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 just absolutely tore it up, and and you know the numbers are there, and and. And and I think he uh, you know he he shows the traits that warrant the production, and I think that's really you know a lot of times and, and maybe even with some people that, that we're going to talk about today, they have production, hmm. but you, but you you don't see those those traits that that earned that production. Sometimes it's, it's manufactured, sometimes it's uh, it's just fluky, um, and and I think that with with this guy he he's everything that. He's as good as 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 a package as you're going to get with this type of undersized pass rusher coming into the NFL, and in a year where you, you don't have a lot of certainty and and you don't have a lot of uh, of you know knowledge of, across the board about uh, safe picks in general, uh, mm. a guy like this who has a ton of upside and, and has produced in a in, in the SEC, like I said, and led the SEC in uh, sacks last year, or at least tackles for loss, if I remember correctly, uh, you know that that that's that's the kind of the certain that's about as much certainty as you're going to get plus you get upside why wouldn't you uh be thinking about someone like this at and at a position like edge too why wouldn't you be thinking about someone like this in the top 10 and it's worth mentioning for the cowboys right brandy gregory i believe is on one more year of left of his his contract extension that he got last year dan quinn has really never had a problem ever in his career with undersized defensive ends whether it's in seattle with bruce irvin uh, or in atlanta with vic beasley and tack mckinley they'll play small guys on the edge and i think this is the type of edge rusher that he he's looking for these guys that have juice off the edge uh, i think he's a, a a really fun prospect and again somebody worthy of going inside the top 20. is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts and don't forget to use that promo code locked on let's go ahead and transition to a different type of pass rusher could he pay from michigan landon and you're gonna have to help me out here because this one <laughs> it, I, I really struggle with Quiddy Pay. He's listed at six foot four, two hundred and seventy-two pounds. Uh, we've all seen by now the incredible three cone. Uh, reportedly, actually, I've seen the video a six three seven three cone at Michigan. Uh, he's going to test as an insane athlete, but the production wasn't always there. He was a four year guy at Michigan, opted out after just a couple games. Uh, t- tell me about Quiddy Pay. What did you see? Well, let's talk about the good first with him, okay? He's, he's He's got a very insanely thick build. Like, he's got muscle on top of muscle, and it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And his, his, his arms and legs, I mean, he looks like the kind of person... It, it, when they told me that there was someone who... A, a six foot four, 270-plus-pound person that ran a 6'3", 7", uh, three cone. Uh, you know, this is what that guy would have to look like if you drew him up in a lab. I mean, he's just, uh, he looks like an absolute freak of nature. Uh, he's f- physical. He doesn't mind mixing it up uh, with offensive linemen. He has no problem getting uh, dirty and, and, and inside, outside. He he had a lot of versatility at Michigan. He played all up and down the line. Uh, he rushed the passer inside. He rushed the passer outside. Uh, light, lightning quick for 270 pounds. It's not surprising yeah. with the three cone. Yeah. Um, good burst side to side in a way that you don't really see that's very rare uh, needs to do a better job of keeping blockers off his body and this is really where I think he's struggling the most is that his hand technique uh, it it it, it it manifests itself in the negative way most when it comes to keeping offensive linemen's hands uh, off off his body and and and, and just really keeping them off the inside of his body it's it's you know it, mm-hmm. it's fine if they're getting their hands on you but he they're getting such good hand positioning on him and he's getting into their body so much uh that it's that he's being being all that athleticism that he has is being rendered useless and and it, and, and it feels like there's too many snaps where i saw him dancing with the offensive lineman or 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 just you know mixing it up with him when he should have just been got getting past him he should have been just he has this kind of athleticism uh and he needs to play with more with it utilizing his athleticism and his quickness and less with trying to get physical with offensive linemen um you know and, and in that sense there is a positive to his game i think he does have uh an inside el- outside element to his game uh i feel you know, he kind of sort of in some ways reminded me of of, of michael bennett in a way okay. um but but i think you know the, the difference is is that 
and even for Bennett, I think Bennett took a while to kind of develop in the league. He came in with a, with a, with a skill set, and it took him a little while to kind of develop his skill set to the point where he became, you know, a guy who played in the league for as long as he did and a Super Bowl winner. So uh, I think where he won, it's where, where does he win? I put versatile, freaky athleticism. I mean, he's absolutely a freaky athlete. Absolutely. Uh, but, but, the, but the question is, is how quickly can he get his hand usage up to par to take his game to the next level? And, and, and that's really where I have my concerns is that, you know, there, the production wasn't where it was supposed to be for a guy who is as athletic as he was, and and I think a lot of that, again, in in, in, the, in the opposite way that we talked about uh, Aziz Ajilari, right, is that uh, the the lack of production matches what you see in, on tape too. He mm-hmm. he's constantly, I mean, even though he's a he's a, he's he he started out really strong early on in the season. Um, he it just kind of eventually tailed off, and, and and there were just too many snaps where you're looking at this guy who you know is an incredible athlete, and it's just being rendered useless because he looks like either he's mixing it up or he's not a hundred percent sure what he's supposed to be doing, and, he, and there's times where it feels like he's losing focus on the field. There was too many times when I put on the tape, Landon, where you would go whole quarters without even noticing him make an impact, and for a guy that we're talking about as a top twenty pick. That's awfully hard to get past because I, the, the Minnesota great game that he played this year was fantastic because he was dominant in the last two drives of that game, recorded three sacks, but for the first 57 minutes of that game, useless. I mean, honestly, he didn't, he didn't make a single play. So there, the potential, the athleticism is fantastic, but just maybe not consistent enough to be a top 15 selection. And also... It, I don't believe that he's six foot four, two hundred and seventy-two pounds. I'm just saying. I think he's shorter than that. I think he's got mm. short arms. Mm. Uh, I think this is going to be somebody that comes in at like six two, six two and a half, uh, with really short arms. The, the comp that I wrote down, Landon, like if he hits the ceiling, is like Melvin Ingram coming out of South Carolina okay. that played a little bit of everything. If short he's six arms, two, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of these guys is just really squatty and really good running around the edge but maybe needs some more work with the hand development i don't see i don't see a miles garrett or a you know jj watt type of pass rusher but somebody in the right scheme maybe as the second pass rusher you know the second fiddle could be a productive player at the nfl i think you and i both agree 10 is too rich for quitty pay correct absolutely absolutely yeah I, i mean i he he has first round talent, I think, because he is he is an incredible athlete, and I do think his best football is in front of him, with without a doubt. Because I, I, even though I said that I that he has inside outside versatility, it would really benefit him from playing one position, like especially his rookie year, and really mm-hmm. focusing on learning how to use his hands from that position, and then and then you know eventually kicking him inside, maybe on some pass rushing downs. But yeah, I think it. You know the, the the reason I do like him is that I do think he has everything else that you want, uh, including a, a really good knack to play against the run. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think right now he has a fatal flaw in his hand usage, which is correctable. But the question is, you know, you don't get that correctable very much in NFL well, yeah. seasons nowadays. Yeah. You, you usually need that guy to uh, kind of go 
off in the off season and deal with with a, with a you know with a personal trainer or a personal coach and get better. So is he going to do that? Is he going to get better? Uh, those are all questions you need to find out before you draft this guy. For, for his sake, I hope he goes like late twenties and goes to Pittsburgh or Baltimore, and he becomes like a strong side three four edge yeah, rusher, right? Absolutely, uh, somebody that can just stop the run, not asked to do a ton one-on-one going to get matched up against running backs and tight ends a lot i think if you put him in that role he can be really really successful i just have some concerns laying in of a team drafts him let's say at number 12 and they expect him to be the number one edge rusher right away and beating left tackles on you know snap in and snap out i think you might be a tad disappointed just one more quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. It's real chocolate with amazing flavors and a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic and they are releasing six new flavors including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The next edge rusher we're going to talk about is a really, really fascinating one, which uh, the internets could not be more, uh, you know, d- differing on, right? Mm. Gregory Russo of Miami, a former wide receiver out of high school. Uh, his his redshirt freshman season at Miami was absolutely fantastic. 19 tackles for a loss, 15 and a half sacks. And then he opted out of the 2020 season. So we have just one season as a freshman to go off of six foot seven, 255 pounds. There's been some reports that he's maybe up to 265 now. Uh, just a super intriguing pass rusher. But I've got a feeling you're, you might be a little bit low on him, Landon. Tell us your thoughts on Rousseau. Well, you know, it's funny. I've I've kind of swung all the way with him. I, I, you know, I, I it, it's I'll get into it. But you know, first of all, you you described him. I mean, he is uh, your he's how you draw him up. He's long levered, uh, high. He's got a high cut build. He's got a narrow uh, midsection. He looks like a a basketball player. Um, mm-hmm. he, he and he's uh, he he. That's how he plays the game too. That's 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 his uh, his. Uh, trump card and he uses it as well as he can uh he's a leverage player and that's that's how he's gonna win uh he needs to play with good pad discipline and when he doesn't he he loses the snaps it's and really it's funny because you watch him and when he plays with good pad pad leverage uh he plays well these all you know he was the guy that we were referring to earlier on that uh, had some you know i guess manufactured sex there was just a lot of times when you saw him lining up inside and then kind of looping outside and, and, and just running through huge open lanes where there's no one blocking him and just getting to the quarterback. And it, uh, Yeah, I actually I counted some of his sacks. I believe eight of his 15 sacks came one-on-one with a guard inside. A couple came in the exact form that you mentioned where he was looping around on a stunt. A couple were just 
cleanup sacks where he really did nothing and the quarterback kind of walked into his long arms. And then a few were some really nice chase down sacks. So if you're ranking like the quality of sacks, they're not very good. However, Landon, it's just like he's so long and athletic. Is he going to luck into eight sacks every year because of his athleticism? Well, and I think, you know, as long and athletic and he's flexible, too. I think he yes, can really yes. he really can coil up and get into the positions that make those long arms when he can get his hands on you and when he can actually use his hands correctly. Uh, it, it makes him really, really hard to stop. I, I mean, of the, these three guys, he has the highest ceiling. Without like, a doubt. Because I, I, I think he just because if he figures out how to use his body like that and, and you know, I talked to you about David Irving because and that doesn't necessarily seem like in the grand scheme of things, uh, a, you know, no, that's favorable a great comp. comparison. Yeah, it's a but, great... but 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 I think if you think about, you know, how good David Irving was for the, the period that he was taking football seriously uh, and we'll see how he plays with the Raiders, I guess, hmm. uh, you know, I think that uh you saw a guy that was physically dominant and played that way, right? He had lo- those crazy long arms, explosive enough that he could uh, get an advantage off the snap and then just out leverage you, get low and just out leverage you with his arms. And then anything that came close to his gap uh, he in the run game, he would just envelop. He had a, a arms that were so long that he could you know cover his whole gap just with, with one arm. So um, I think, you know, he's on that kind of David Irving, Calais Campbell uh, kind of, you know, spectrum of big, tall, you know, leverage players. Campbell's a long way from where he is right now. But but I think if you're talking about a, uh, you know, a, a, a guiding light to where this kid could be, uh, it, it, I, I think that that's what you're looking at is a guy who eventually could be an incredible uh, inside outside guy who is physically dominant in the run game and the pass game um, because he's able to just out leverage every single player he faces. Yeah, Campbell is obviously the high end comparison. If he yeah. puts on 30 yeah. pounds of muscle and develops as a pass rusher, the low end is like a Deion Jordan in the NFL, oh, right? Yeah. This 6'7, 250 pound guy that's very athletic is just never able to figure out the pass rushing part of the game. So. I really don't know what to do with him, Landon, because I think I think he's one of these guys that if I were a GM, I would be okay passing on him because yeah. while the upside is fantastic, there's a really, really good chance that he helps you none over the next two years because he's just not ready to play, especially after taking a year off. Like this is this is a project and he's probably gonna go in the first round and I'm I don't think I'm comfortable taking that level of project that early. You know, I mean, it's one thing like I, I look, I totally understand taking the year off with with the COVID situation and not wanting mm-hmm. to deal with this. That makes total sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is that deciding to come out uh, for the draft after that. He still had but he, lots he's of, probably going to be a top 25 pick, though. So it's hard I, I, to yeah, blame him. I, I guess so. I mean, and, and if, if if that's the case, it's hard. It's it, you're right. It is hard to blame him. But I, I think, you know, it's it it seems also a little bit suspect to me because it's like, okay, I had that great year. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, yeah. let's see if I can still cash it in. I mean, cause I think for me watching that tape, I would have been, you know, and I just got introduced to him. I haven't been following him for that long. So for me, I think it seems like 
he should have come back for at least one more year. I, I as a scout, I would have said I I would have loved to see you come back one more year, not just to see if you could do it again, but to see if you can get better. Because yeah. it just yeah. it feels like there's more development that clearly, and it's and it's not like close. Like it's not like he's uh, he's hiding it. Like it's clear in his game that he's extremely underdeveloped. He's only been playing yes. the position for like two years. So uh, it just would have one more year of college. I think you know it probably wouldn't have hurt his helped his draft stock too much because I mean he's clearly already top twenty five. So I guess I get it, but I, I really would have loved to see one more year of college for this guy before he's coming to try to come into the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, there's always a chance that if he has another really fantastic year, he becomes a top 10 pick, and yeah. you're talking about different types of money. But, yeah, it would have been nice, but unfortunately we didn't have that. I will say his pro day at Miami is going to be one of the most fascinating ones for me because I want to see what does this body look like with the year off? Did he add muscle? Did he work on any of the technique? What does the footwork look like? All questions that I think we're going to be able to see at the combine, plus – I just want to see how he tests. Again, 6'7", yeah, 255 pounds. He should test off the charts, uh, and I'm excited for that. D- David uh, Irving had an incredible broad jump. So let's let's see what yeah. this guy – if we're going to start getting into comparison, let's see what kind of explosion yes. this guy has. Now, I- I'm curious to see how him and uh, Jalen Phillips uh, – we didn't talk about Jalen Phillips today. We'll, we'll get to him at some point. Oh, but oh yeah, yeah. The, the other Miami defense event – Hearing with some whispers, Landon, that he might actually out-test Gregory Russo uh, down there at Miami's Pro Day. So something just to keep an eye on over the next month. Let's head out with this show, Landon, with this. Let's rank these three pass rushers, uh, one, two, and three. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll go first. It's Joseph, Aziz Ojolari. It's a gap. It's Pay, And then it's like three gaps, Gregory Russo. Ojolari is the only one I have a first-round grade on. Uh, Pay is somebody that I would start considering after the top 20 picks or so. Russo, for me, is probably a second, maybe third-round guy. That's over the range where I would feel comfortable drafting him. Yeah, I, I know every every show we, we do this, and I still always forget, and I always, I'm always upset about <laughs> it. But, uh, I think, you know, for, I agree, Aziz Ojolaria to me, is, is a pretty clear favorite out of these three. Um, you know, I think I'm a little bit higher on Rousseau because I do think that if he is, and, and I need, I would like, you know, again, in the, in a COVID year or a year, we don't get to know very much. I would love to know just what kind of, uh, of, uh, uh, you know, the player he is, how serious he is about football, because I think that, you know, both him and pay have, uh, undeveloped upside. Uh, I think part of it is, uh, is, is that pay is just a physical freak is a lot more of a physical freak of nature, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 I I probably, I guess, rank them the same way that you do, but I, but just based on, uh, the, your tone of voice, I I think I probably rank Rousseau a little bit closer to pay than, than you do. And again, if Rousseau has a dominant pro day and he's saying and doing all the right things and saying that you know he, he worked on his technique and footwork and hand usage over the you know the off season or the year off, uh, that could get him to move up. But right now he's in that day two range where I'm probably going to let somebody else draft him. Working that on is three a, yeah, yeah, year old tape, it's like it's like that. That's the best we can do at this point. And, yeah, and, and any really information is. can really shift these guys up and down. So basically, the biggest takeaway from this show is. Don't draft Rousseau. And uh, Aziz might be a sneaky dark horse pick for the Cowboys at number 10. We'll see how the, the pro day goes at Georgia. If he tests really well, would not be surprising, Landon, if we start having more conversations about Aziz being a possible pick for the Cowboys at number 10. 
That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.